0: Welcome to Box Cutters episode 22. Insert bingo reference here. My name is Josh Canal, sitting far, far, almost in front of me. Ross McQueen, how are you? I'll take the case. <laughs> Too much Birdman again. <laughs> <laughs> and. To my right. Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. How are you, gentlemen?
1: It's very oh, steamy in Melbourne is. town today. Hot all day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, Rossi came in on your bike. Almost. Almost. <laughs> Drenched in sweat. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you I've never seen you so sweaty.
1: Yeah. You almost uh, sweat as much as my grandfather. It's just like running off your nose. I, I think it was
2: the stress of the back wheel coming off when I was coming in that did it. Yeah that, that <laughs> as well as yeah, the heat.
1: I still don't understand that. Like even even if the quick release wasn't done up, it's still pushing down on the axle. We 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 like showing off bunny hopping through the <laughs> not, traffic. Not intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: but you got here and that's the that's the important point. Mm. Another important point is what an excellent show we have today. We have, indeed. We've uh Oh, As always, got some news Mm -hmm. Uh, Daniel Burt is going to be coming in This is a a guy that I bumped into a while ago He had just come back from New York Having done an internship with The Late Show with David Letterman So uh, I said That's the closest I'm ever going to get to meeting David Letterman (laughs) Let's get him on the show And uh, and so we're doing that, he's coming in a little bit later on Got some crap TV Ross, you're going to be happy to know I've come around to Lost It's too late Oh, now it's too late. No, no, it's too late. It's not. It's it's excellent. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll go through that. We'll Mm -hmm. also talk about media. Watch Ghost Whisperer. uh, Do some quotes. All of that is coming up later on in Box Cutters. But as always, let's kick it off with some news.
3: And now for the news.
0: All my news is so kind of just below par. I don't know what to start with. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's start with one of my old favourites, Nielsen ratings in the United States. Now, we all know how angry I am about the, uh, the flawed rating system in Australia, and, mm. uh, and its cousin, flawed they, rating system in America. But they don't have the man and his chicken. No, they don't. They've, they've got, got a whole different system. They've got systems with all sorts of poultry and other farm animals okay. involved. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> there's so much more into their turkeys over there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go, go back, uh, you know, 100 episodes in Box Cutters and listen to me whinge about the sweeps mm. and how sweeps work in the United mm. States. <laughs> that is messed up ratings. Something uh, I've just discovered is that uh, up until... Now, the Nielsen rating system has not included people watching television outside of their homes, which means that at college campuses, those people aren't being included. Uh, People watching sports games at bars aren't being included. Uh, All of these things are not being included as part of the rating survey. So when they say, you know, however many million people, 700
2: million, watch the latest Super Bowl or whatever the figures are. Yep, that doesn't include people. Well,
1: it's more like ninety, but they say a potential audience of yeah, yeah one yeah. billion. <laughs> but that Truly. doesn't that doesn't include people in bars and.
0: Well, no, that it would include people with bars. What they're doing is they're saying, "Okay, well, we have, we know that, uh, say, twenty five people with their pe- people meters mm-hmm. are watching the show now, mm-hmm. and we extrapolate that to mean that people in their houses, uh, that's probably you know." Uh, 30 million people. Yeah. And then for every person that's watching it in their house, there's maybe two and a half that are watching it in a pub. Mm-hmm. So, that brings us up to 70 million people. And then, you know, it goes on. My maths is wrong, but that's not the point. Ah, right. <laughs> uh, The point is their maths is wrong as well. So, they they are slowly working to make it more accurate. They're, they're about to start uh, taking ratings from college campuses and uh, children who... Uh, their families are part of the Nielsen rating family survey and have gone to college, they will also be included oh. in the survey. That's my understanding of how, how that will work. So it's like a college spin off version. Yes, yes. It's like <laughs> when
2: Jeopardy do their college. Week Or like Headland. Headland was originally Summer Bay goes to college.
0: Yeah, and then it turned into uh, Channel 7, throw away a lot of money. (laughs) Uh, So that's my first piece of below-par news. Uh, Well, I have
2: some news on The Amazing Race, which we've touched on a few times in the last couple of weeks. And I think where it stood last week, we were saying that that according to Channel 7, they were going to screen Series 8 first, which went to air last year in the States, Followed at some point by Series 9. Yes. And according to several sites on the internet this week, uh, that's apparently not true. And they're going to show Series 9 first, the day after it airs in the States.
0: So, hot off the satellite. I'd be willing to believe that, Mm -hmm. were it not for the fact that this afternoon, Mm -hmm. I called up Channel 7 once again. Yes. And... Spoke uh, to Alex. Spoke to Alex, the receptionist, who, uh, you know... Wouldn't put me any further. And uh, and he was adamant that they'll be showing Series 8. That they couldn't show Series 9 because they don't have it. Of course they don't have it. That's what I said to him. <laughs> I said, of course you don't have it. It hasn't started yet. And uh, and he went, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> nah. So, uh, I, look, I, I'm going to investigate this and see if I can get some kind of official source. because. Okay. Yours is, yours is from the internet, mine's from the receptionist. There's <laughs> got to be someone who knows a little bit more than those two sources. In the
2: highlights that they're showing, no,
0: there's no evidence of family members.
2: It, yeah, that's... It's, it's It's, you know, the traditional two people getting to the, getting to the you know, the, the checkpoint. Or the well, clue. in the
0: highlights that they've shown, I have seen none of those humans in my life. Yeah. And I've watched all of Series 8 of which, The Amazing Rats. Which would
2: seem to suggest it's Series 9, but who knows? Who knows? Even if it's Series 9 now, if they keep changing their mind as much as they are with Commander-in-Chief, who knows what they'll screen. They may screen Series 7.
0: No, he actually said, <laughs> Alex actually said, we're definitely not screening Series 7. <laughs> oh, right. So it's got to be Series 8. <laughs> you see, that's where I think he's,
2: uh, his information may have been a little flawed. <laughs> uh, in other just quick Amazing Race news, uh, apparently uh, the great host, Phil, ...will be out here for the Celebrity Grand Prix.
0: Oh, excellent! Mm. Mm. So excellent high news. pants and all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so. fantastic. That's, uh, you know, I think we should all wear high pants that week... <laughs> <laughs> ...just to celebrate.
1: You may have heard, if you listened last week to Box Cutters... ...that uh, Eddie Maguire has become the new head of Channel 9... ...and so can't uh, host Millionaire anymore. And so the bookies are going ma- uh, mad on uh, who's going to be the replacement. Hang on, are these bookies the bookies
0: at Betfair? Uh, (laughs) No, it's actually Sporting Bet Australia. Okay, because you know
1: Betfair is uh, co-owned by PBL. Yes, well, I wouldn't trust anything from them. Um, (laughs) Jamie Giry is apparently making a play for Maguire's old role. Uh, So are Carrie Ann Kennelly, Yana Vent and Tracy Grimshaw. Hang on, hang on. Did anyone see Greed? Yes, the,
0: I, I think so. The Channel 10 millionaire kind of ripoff yeah, yeah, yeah. show that Carrie-Anne Kennelly was hosting. She is poison for <laughs> any game show. Have you seen, ever seen her on
1: TV? She's poison wherever she goes.
0: Why would she even be considered for mentioning in an
1: article? Well, apparently she's making a play for it. Right. Yes. But uh, the favoured runner is actually an unnamed other contender, which is at odds of four to one. Um, Who is it? No, just other contender, somebody else, <laughs> none of the above.
0: Is it? Is it Sugar Ray Leonard? Because he's been doing some great stuff in the contender.
1: <laughs> no, uh, they had to add that line uh, to the betting to give the punters a fair go in light of speculation that uh, Channel 9 may use the position to lure back an old favourite like... Daryl Summers, Larry Emda, or Red Simons
0: Last week we were talking about Tony Barber had such success hosting a game show,
2: (laughs) shafted (laughs) as he was. Uh, No, I can't. um, uh, Daryl, Daryl won't. Daryl's pretty caught up at seven, I think.
1: And I can't... If the, and, if the money's right.
2: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. If they, if they gave him a 6.30 Saturday night variety show as well, then I think he'd do it. Uh, and a triple album deal. <laughs> uh, and Larry Emder won't do it
0: after. I mean, he's, he's sealed up tight with his Wheel of Fortune contract, surely. Surely. I would, I would like to see two rumours come together for this and have Millionaire hosted by Agro. <laughs> on his return to television That would be fantastic <laughs> Last week you on a Dexter This week you on Agro Quite frankly I want someone Who's going to make That show
1: more interesting <laughs> In the odds uh, Jamie Jury Is followed closely By Temptation Star Ed Phillips Ray Martin And Mike Munro mm.
0: They've got to do something With Mike Munro I think They that's, have that's the He's doing theory. voiceovers On Missing Persons Unit yeah. That's plenty Thank you very much <laughs> The less I see Of that man the He dad. was doing He
1: was doing late news Over summer Yeah Oh Mike. You know, he top I think, of the I world. think, he, I think he still does the four thirty news. Well he, he's he he also still
0: does uh This is your life. <laughs> You're looking at me as if there's and a four thirty news <laughs> <laughs> There is a four thirty news. Okay. Yeah they, channel nine started doing a four thirty news because channel seven started doing a four thirty news. Yeah. And Channel ten started doing a six AM news,
2: <laughs> which was getting outrated by whatever was on SBS at the time. <laughs> 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 so I think they've decided
0: to can it. <laughs> So the Deutsche Welle news in German. No, no, no. The, what's up against uh, uh, on SBS at that time is the uh, World Weather Map. <laughs> it's
1: really cool these <laughs> days. Now they've got live footage from around the world. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You don't know it's live. I'm digging it. It could be recording that satellite photo and <laughs>
0: cheesy music. I don't know. They were, you know, trippy colors, man. Trippy colors. Uh, one of my favorite shows uh, airing on CBS in America at the moment uh, is. Uh, not going to return After only three episodes oh. It's been canned There's a show called Love Monkey Which uh, starred Tom Kavanagh From Ed mm-hmm. uh, And also Jason Priestley Who, uh, who uh, You might remember From Nine Two One O. Such shows as 90210 And uh, such heights as Short He's a tiny tiny man Oh all right <laughs> When you see him Standing next to You know Other regular humans In another show mm-hmm. You realise how small he is Was that uh, why he was on a Show with a monkey? He, no, there's, there's was, no monkey in this show. Ah, he was also in uh, True well, Call. What's the problem. Yes, he was. Hmm. Uh, th- there's, there's no monkey in this, this show. They're, they're promising monkeys <laughs> with, with the title. The and show people, <laughs> people tune in. They're clearly disappointed there is no monkey. The show <laughs> is, uh, or should I say was, essentially uh, a, a kind of adaptation of High Fidelity for television. Tom Kavanaugh plays an A&R exec who is also going through some uh, romantic issues. Really enjoyable, light entertainment, drama, uh, or dramedy, as they've started calling these things in in the States. Uh, Mm. Because, as I mentioned last week, uh, Amazing Race is going to air at 10pm, so they're actually shifting its time slot. Uh, uh, They have to pull Love Monkey, which was actually planned to benefit from a lead-in by The Amazing Race. Mm -hmm. Now it's not going to wear at all, although uh, a a representative from CBS said that uh, the network still hoped to bring Monkey back at a future date, but nothing had yet been decided. Just like Joey. (laughs) It's just like Joey. (laughs) Hiatus isn't axed. Although although I didn't mention this last week because I didn't think it was good enough news, but this week clearly it is. Uh, Members of the cast of Joey are... Uh, even if they're on hiatus, taking up offers for other shows. Uh, Alright <laughs> Is Ed still in production? Ed, yeah. No, I love that show. I know. Well, this is about an I mean, A and R rep you know, he uh, he, uh, he. But you know, he starts his own uh, record label at a bowling alley, and.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the film version of of High Fidelity was a bit of a travesty. I I would. No, I but hate it's, to imagine what they've done. No, no, it's just they've...
0: it's 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 not really. I mean, it doesn't have the same name or anything. It's just loosely, I I would have to say it's loosely based on it because it features people who love music and uh, have romantic disasters. In uh, in football
2: news, the AFL football rights, there's quite a bit of speculation over the last few weeks that uh, maybe the Channel 7 and 10 deal was going to fall over because uh, Foxtel was refusing to, Foxtel was basically refusing to speak to either 7 or 10. Uh, and so, so for Riley, it looked as though the deal could fall over because uh, that would have meant that 7 and 10 would have been obliged to show all eight games every week, which obviously they weren't going to do. Uh, but apparently that's uh, subsequently been sorted out and they are they are talking now. But uh, rumour has it that Foxtel have negotiated themselves somewhat of a better deal and they're getting the pick of the two Saturday night games. Really? As well as the Sunday night twilight game which will be new this year now i mean it's hang on
0: are they playing a game especially at twilight because that's the time it's hardest to see the ball <laughs> yeah i think so right great <laughs> uh
2: so if uh, this is just rumor at this, at this stage but if that's true uh after paying a very hefty amount for the rights uh channel seven and ten are both getting royally shafted I mean, it's bad news for ten with getting the worst of the two games on Saturday, and seven really need the boost on their Sunday night ratings. Sunday night's still there; they're kind of their Achilles' heel, and they wanted the big ratings. Obviously, of the Twilight games. So, yeah, be interesting to see what happens. And surely for the punters, uh, football's the loser out of that. arrangement, oh, definitely. definitely. But uh, still winning just slightly over the uh, Channel Nine Foxtel deal that Channel
1: Nine were trying to put forward. So,
0: hmm. right.
1: The Chaser's War on Everything begins on the ABC this Friday night at 9:45 p.m. It's uh, going to be in a floating time slot depending on how late how long the uh, Friday night movie goes and that's oh. always worked so well for the ABC. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the glass
0: house kept on going with it. <sighs> yeah, but nobody watched it at it's those kept, now that it's on, on know, regular time and still it's that floating time slot is a terrible terrible idea. Go
1: on. <laughs> Some of the uh, the rejected names, the Chasers' Age of Terror Variety Hour, which uh, the ABC didn't like. Thank Allah, it's Friday. Uh, And another one that they didn't like. Um, But uh, the Chaser boys have actually been in the regular news uh, a little bit over the last week and a half, I think. Um, Just coming out to last night, uh, one of one of the Chasers staffers was actually the submitter of the Lunig cartoon to the Iranian uh, anti-Holocaust um, cartoon challenge yes. in response to the Danish uh, Mohammed cartoon challenge. Um, but they were also in the news
0: for uh, presenting that fake check, that China They check. were, uh,
1: and there was actually an arrest out of that, I believe, um, confronting AWB executive Charles Stott outside the building uh, with a check made out to former Iraqi dictator Saddam Hussein, and asking him to sign it. <laughs> um, of course, funny. so so you know this is bad stuff. But uh, any publicity is good publicity.
0: Well, that's right. Uh, you know, people loved the uh, the last few Chases series. Uh, so that's going to be good. Uh, in news in brief, uh, Fox in the states are having a, a brand new show called. Unanimous, although, uh, from what I understand, it's actually going to be called Unanimous <laughs> because of this trend of putting numbers in titles. <laughs> uh, nine strangers are currently, as we speak, holed up together in a secret bunker somewhere in California, and uh, the TV network that put them there, which is Fox, won't let them out until they come to u- a unanimous decision as to who among them should walk away with one point five million dollars. That, my friends, is the show. Fantastic! I can't wait. So is it is it kind of Big Brother hidden camera type stuff? Oh, just following them around? I'm, and I'm sure. Try. And then you know, it's just people are gonna. Whoops! I slipped and my knife went into your throat. <laughs> well, you're out of the running for the 1.5 million dollars. Mm, mm. Yeah, I'm wait waiting.
2: I'm waiting for surprise surgery where they, you know, hey, we're going to give this guy a makeover, and then Shh, don't tell him we're turning him into a woman. <laughs> Well, that's, that's I mean, not, they can't sink any lower.
0: That's not far away from, uh, from what we discussed a couple of weeks ago with uh, Disney's new reality TV show. Yeah, that's true. Uh, which, which was, uh, you're dying, why not try something new? Yeah. <laughs> I think that, that was actually going to be the title. <laughs> no, it was called Miracle Workers, but mine's catchier. Uh, and uh, lastly...
1: No. No. God, no. In shades of uh, David Lee Roth becoming a paramedic, the former bodybuilder and star of the 1970s TV show no longer turns into a raging green monster when he sees people breaking the law. But uh, since becoming a deputy with the Los Angeles Carri- County Sheriff's Department, has the power to arrest them. That's Lou yep. Ferrigno. Lou Lef- Ferrigno. Ferrigno. Ferrigno.
0: Ferrigno. That's close enough. Yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's like lasagna. So, the so can you take me through it again? Lou Ferrigno has become a deputy with the sheriff's office. Yeah,
1: yeah. I actually thought he was like forty-five back when he was in the Incredible no, Hulk. No, no, no. no that's... I was, I was quite surprised that he's only fifty-four now. Yeah,
0: yeah. That was just after Pumping Iron when he was back in the Incredible Hulk. He, uh,
1: yeah, he's uh, he's aged all right as well. He still looks pretty good. Following up from last week with the uh, the campaign for hot dogs for Gold Logie stardom. Uh, It is no longer a campaign because the uh, force behind it, the blogger known as Kate, uh, has been threatened by TV Week with uh, legal action uh, because they're trying to cheat the system Um, and showing people how to vote without actually buying the magazine, bypassing the legitimate awards nomination system. So oh, so more to more to what we did mention at the end of the news item last week you do have to purchase a copy of TV a week to vote Ah oh, really?
0: Mm. Well that, that is interesting. I've uh, I've, so I've seen a campaign hmm. from uh, a, a campaign from Australia's next top model which uh, we discussed last week and is not a very good show uh, where they're angry that uh, they haven't been nominated for uh, for best Australian reality TV show and uh, they're encouraging viewers to do a write-in. And so they've got ads as a campaign for, uh, oh. for having top models a write-in okay. you know, <laughs>
1: So um, much fuss over, so much nothing.
2: I was going to say that uh, regu- one of our regular viewers, I think maybe Kerry, sent us, uh, sent us an attachment uh, detailing all the um, details about the Logie voting for this year. So we should check up on that. And find out because uh, this was quite a while ago. Yes, yeah. okay. a few months ago. But I'm I'm pretty sure there was there's been a big thing with TV Week this year saying you don't have to buy the magazine;
1: you can just vote. So I'm not sure.
4: Hmm. I'm not sure where the
1: confusion lies. In Ha Mahati's news, Australia we're number two. We're number two uh, in the market for pirated TV shows, just after Britain. Uh, downloading has more than doubled in the twelve months to February and is expected to grow rapidly. Australian men aged 18 to 25, Kelsa Prize uh, were highly represented amongst the downloaders.
0: Well, it's, it's a lot like I was interviewed about that earlier this week on the radio. <laughs> I was. I was interviewed for, uh, for Hack on at Triple J. Mm-hmm. Thanks very much to Steve Canane for calling me Josh Carnell. <laughs> I'll get you one day, Kinane. I'll get you one day. But yeah, isn't, isn't that interesting news? And mm. there's, there's very good reason for that. Uh, you know, for for one We're not sure if we're getting season 8 or season 9 Or possibly season 7 again <laughs> Of <laughs> The Amazing Race I mean, these, these things, just, we're just waiting for them If it yeah, it they uh, weren't
1: so shit-ass Then I'm sure people, there would be better viewer loyalty uh, yeah. With the network. And the downloading has kind of gone bang Over
2: the last sort of six months or so It was something that a few people did Like yourself, Josh But now it does seem like just about everybody's doing it
0: Well, yeah, and also, I mean Broadband figures have uh, have gone through the roof in the, in the last six months as well. So mm. now that people have the bandwidth to do it, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's great. Hell, why not do it? Yeah, mm. that's what I say. And that is yeah. I had a piece of news. It's nothing. The new version of of Monkey in uh, in Japan is uh, rating one in every three people. More. Has that actually got a monkey? That's Monkey Magic. <laughs> that's that's the the new version. It's got a guy who's playing the the Monkey God. That's. Uh, Okay,
1: that's that. Anyway, so, that. But people aren't going to be disappointed. <laughs> Don't expect a real monkey. I, I think people are going to be disappointed. <laughs> no,
0: apparently not. Apparently it's really good.
1: But no. uh, one, in, one in three population or one in three viewers? One, one in I'll just tell three the story.
0: Japanese viewers are, are tuning expecting in. expecting a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the Box Cutters News. We'll be back with Daniel Bird, our guest.
2: This is Marie Carty, and you are listening to that fluffy white cloud of goodness, Box Cutters. <laughs> Stick it in the fire and eat it.
0: <laughs> right now on Box Cutters, we're joined by Daniel Burt, who uh, has just returned from New York City, where he's been doing an internship with the writing staff of David Letterman, uh, The Letterman Show. The Late Show with David Letterman, Late Night with David Letterman. Hooray for David Letterman mm.
3: at boxcutters.net. Welcome to Boxcutters, Daniel. Hey, thanks for having me, Josh. You know, pleasure. And, you know, Ross and Brett as well. I mean, oh, it, Ross and Brett, sorry. I, right. I, I didn't even realise you guys were here. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. But no, thanks for having me. Uh,
0: you know, we, we, we talk about Letterman a lot on this show. Right. And right. Why, so. is, why is that? Because it's brilliant. Right, I see. It's, it's an absolutely brilliant show And uh, when I told the guys that uh, I'd bumped into you And this is what you'd just done mm-hmm. uh, We all kind of went How do you get an internship on Letterman? Right And I said I can't answer that question because I've never done it uh-huh. But Daniel Burt could mm. Do you want to?
3: Oh, I see, that's where you're getting at Yeah, yeah I uh, I did uh... you know, Thanks I saw for coming it on the to the internet. party I, see, I saw the I saw an advertised on the internet that they offer internships, and I applied once a year ago and got uh, unceremoniously rejected. And uh, then, basically, I hassled them. Hassled them, damn it. I, I was on their backs um, and would ring them, send stuff in, uh, you know, I would call like because it's nighttime here when it's daytime there i'd ring it like 3 a.m so it was i'd be drunk i would be- hector them <laughs> it would be abusive it was embarrassing i impugned my mother their mother my family and uh they relented and said well fly over for an interview we're not paying for you to fly over but fly over and that's what i did
0: right mm. and then and then once you were there they went well he's already here
3: well i i arrived on the doorstep and they were like well Either he's crazy or he's just really enthusiastic Or a bit of both Which I think, judging by the entertainment business You probably have to be a tiny bit crazy And they, uh, th- thankfully, I-, I got it I, I walked into, um, I got shown the other departments The, the talent department, the research department the, uh, All the departments, you know mm-hmm. and, uh, and walked into the writing department And went into the head writer's office And they uh, had a chat to me for uh, 10 minutes, and then uh, I left after an interview of about two and a half hours overall. Yep. And uh, then that was it. They threw me out back onto the street, and it was going to be two days till I found out again. Right. Mm.
2: So they, if they wanted you for a second interview, were you going to fly back? Yeah,
3: well, no, that's what I would have had to have done, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, totally broke, but frequent fly points. I can go to Adelaide and back, damn it. <laughs> so, so you
0: get in there, you've... I mean, f- firstly, your first impressions of you know going into the writers' room of, mm. of did you did you get to see them work during the while you were having the interview? Yeah, or?
3: yeah. Well, it was. I mean, they took a they took a break to, so that I could go in, but it's pretty uh, sensational. I mean, you've got it's basically just a, a corridor. It's it's the office above the Ed Sullivan Theater, um, and so there's probably there's about thirteen uh, near thirteen floors maybe a bit less, maybe nine floors devoted to putting the late show up every day. And the, the 14th floor, the the top floor is devoted to the writer's room. There are six writers. There are two other monologue writers who are in LA and who've written on the Mary Tyler Moore show and like Johnny Carson. they, they fax through their jokes to Letterman every day. And, uh, then there are two head writers, the, uh, the Stangles who are lovely, brilliant men. And, uh, and then a lot of freelancers for monologue jokes. So it's not as collaborative as you'd think because each person has their own office. So I didn't actually, you know, walk past their office and interrupt no and say, hey, um, a prospective, you know, yep. you, you might, <laughs> maybe, I don't know, but you may be seeing me in a couple of, in a couple of weeks. There was none of that. I, I got to meet the head writers and the writer's assistant and uh, then got my ass out of there. But that, and so that was the interview process. The writers really had nothing to do with it.
0: And, uh, and then, obviously, you got the internship. Yeah. And then you're, you're, you're enmeshed with the writers. Yeah. And how, how long were you there for?
3: I was there for, like, five months. And um, they are very... I mean, they're predominantly male, predominantly Jewish. You know, there was a Jewish holiday. No one turned up to work. Uh, <laughs> and they forgot to tell you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly Or did you just write the whole show that night? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I did uh, Hold off the circumcision of writing the show So uh, it was, they're all, some of them have been there for 20 years Others uh, get fired on a more regular basis Everyone kicks on to do more amazing things Like everyone seems to regard it, while it is so prodigious and amazing it, I get the impression that everyone is using it as somewhat of a stepping stone uh, you know the writers of um, Lost have gone on to. Letterman have gone on to write Lost, or uh, you know How I Met Your Mother. They do that. Or for instance, there was a Chiron quiz. They do this quiz where they'll they'll show up a graphic, and uh, the graphic will pause, and then there's you know A, B, and C is the gag. This yep. woman is A, B, or so. So there was a graphic about a this at the U.S. Open of this enormous woman, like you know and unfashionably large and <laughs> she uh she was eating i don't know what the hell she was eating a peach i think and this was a couple of years ago and let him milk the hell out of that and uh put it on the big screen in Times square they got sued but that was the uh that was the seed of what became the episode in seinfeld where george got busted at the tennis ah, eating but, right yeah and so those ideas it was kind of uh it was there was a sense of awe and it was brilliant to be in the the room where those ideas would would germinate or for instance the fact that the soup nazi place was you know the next street down yep and one of the writers took that over there with them so you know it's it's an amazing place with brilliant people
0: and and what was your role as as intern did you get to submit jokes or was it really you got to submit coffee
3: oh i got to uh I sent "Me to coffee, damn it!" Oh my god, they drink coffee. Oh yeah, <laughs> if I have to see another iced venti skim latte again, I'll, I'll poo myself. Uh, that's just the—that's what conjures up in me. But they, the, because they knew I was a, a comedy writer and they knew what I could do, they happily accepted anything that I gave them. I would also occasionally. Get the submissions from the other writers and have to type them up. But if I notice grammatical errors or a way to punch the joke up, I'd ask permission. Can I do that? And they said, yeah. And I think that was that was a an, an initiative that I took and a kind of valuable resource for them that I could punch up what was already very concise humour.
0: And uh, and now, are you in a position where you're allowed to fax jokes through, or is that still? Holy ground.
3: No, I could. If I, I mean, the time difference makes things very awkward. It was kind of frustrating to see Dick Cheney shoot his friend <laughs> because I would have loved to have been there for that. I would love. Same as when Bush was tugging at that locked door. I, you know, you just want to you, you want to contribute, and being over here it was kind of frustrating. But the the writers the writers who actually work in the building don't write the monologue jokes.
0: Oh, okay. Mm, so they they work on the on the segments and the yeah and the sketches yeah and stuff. yeah
3: and they they're called extras in the in, when he sits down at the desk and throws to comedy pieces that's that's what he does and uh, so that's that's really what they're in charge of. Um, there is one guy there whose name is Steve Young who is uh, who's been there for about twenty years who goes into Letterman's office every day and with monologue jokes from freelancers which I would submit mm-hmm. and pitch. Mine and the other people's jokes to Letterman, and he would either, you know, acquiesce and you know th- use them or you know th- throw them out.
2: So, did you actually hear some of your jokes on the yeah. show? Was it, that a was that a big thrill?
3: Yeah, it was. It was you know uh, called to called home and said you know better tape it, uh, <laughs> but they but at the same time you don't want to. I didn't want to make it so so much of a novelty and I don't want it to be such a unique experience so I don't think I could contribute more Mm -hmm. so it was probably easier to get top tens on the show because you are writing um there's only six writers and interns and well me the intern and some other people who submit so the pool of uh, submissions is smaller than the monologue joke yep. where yep. faxes. It just crazy people, crazy people just fax in I don't know where they get the number from. Like just big blown up copies of you know their rectum or anything they can get a hold of. They're just faxing it in saying use it, damn it, use it. And people who don't even use computers, they were like just handwriting the stuff on this old school set with crayons. I'm just like how, how do you even use a fax machine? So there were there were those crazy people which were there was one guy who, because I would have to occasionally answer phones, there was this one guy who uh, would just call up and rant like three minutes just about Russia, just about the state of <laughs> politics in the world, just saying we're selling arms to the Russians. I don't know, he thought it was 1976 and it was, and, and, and he didn't even want a response. He, he didn't even say hello, are you there, you're listening. He would just rant and I'd say well said and he'd say thank you and he would hang up. And I have no idea what he wanted from that, but it was, uh, it was just the, the rich fabric of human experience.
2: And did you get to meet the big man?
3: Uh, I, uh, I walked into an office that he was in. I said hello, and he said hi back. And uh, I, basically, I, I wasn't starstruck, but I'd been in that office about a hundred times before. But this particular occasion, I turned around and walked into the door. So <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, bring your retarded friend to work day. So, <laughs> So that was the unfortunate first impression, and there was a bit of "you're all right." And I said, "Yeah, you know, I'm fine." While well, my voice broke into a little pitch, and then I scurried away. <laughs> so I wasn't allowed to see him after that. But he's, he's yeah, he's a reclusive character, yeah. and uh, he's gotten more so that way since his ailments and things like that. And he mm-hmm. says on the show that he doesn't go out, and I, I'm willing to believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Is it hard to work for, you know, an invisible master? Well, it's, it's really interesting because everyone has so much respect for him and love for him, but the staff don't really get to see him that much apart from the, a select few producers and the, you know, the monologue, uh, the guy in charge of the monologue and stuff like that. It's interesting because he does create the culture, and if you are going to be elusive and, uh, difficult to please or something like that, then that's probably going to trickle down. But mm. certainly, if you're going to do a show five nights a week, my God, you need the structure. And it, he's doing it so well. And so, well, if it's, if it's all going so well, then how can you, how can you fault it? I mean, it's, it, it's tremendously stressful, but of course it is. Like, try mm. putting an hour of TV on a night. Yeah.
2: And I think, too, you see the, uh, the relevance of it again, even over here where it's, you know, nine don't treat it very well. Mm. Um, but, you know, whenever... Something big happens in the US, and they're talking about the comedians in the US having a field day. It's always Letterman that they show.
3: That's right. Well, they've got the he's for a start. He's he's a brilliant joke writer himself. He used to be a writer. A lot of a lot of hosts aren't necessarily that great at writing. I mean, they they're good at delivery. You know, Jay Leno. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Jay Leno was used to be, I I think, uh, fantastic, especially when he was a guest on. You know, late night with Letterman back on NBC, which is how he got his start. I think he was, you know, I'd, I'd walk into some offices and they were watching the old tapes and they were putting them all onto DVD. That mm-hmm. was the project at the time, mm-hmm. and it was it was magic. It was good seeing him, but now I think he's a bit soft and uh, he's, you know. he's very bland. Yeah, yeah, and he's a bit that, loquacious as well. If you look at forty five minute monologue, well, this I think that's a bit long. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You it's know, it's just. A- and, and it's not funny. I mean,
0: this is the, the big difference that between, between Leno and Letterman mm-hmm. is that uh, The Tonight Show with Jay Leno is not a funny show.
3: Yeah. Uh, Matt, I don't know why that is. I agree. The, the head writer of, uh, of Letterman, well, one of the head writers, Justin Stangle, was in Australia was on the panel and mm-hmm. said that there's a lot of stuff that gets to wear on... The Tonight Show that wouldn't that would just get cut immediately, or the writers wouldn't even bother writing it uh, for the Late Show, and it was kind of it was kind of frustrating. I think for a couple of years after the Hugh Grant episode on Leno, when everyone was watching. Uh, the Tonight Show on NBC it was, it was kind of frustrating to think We're so obviously better Like what's mm. going on? I, I don't understand this guy with the huge chin and the, it, It's just the chin What's going on? Do people like the chin? Is that what's happening? And so there was kind of angst that The show was better but yet it was always coming second uh, But yeah I think to any thinking person I mean uh, the, the theory was that people after Carson Would just watch NBC out of habit no matter what it was, like whoever took over Carson. But it's, you know, it's over 10, 13 years ago now, so you can't really use that as an excuse. Mm. Uh, Sorry, I
0: I interrupted you. You were talking about how Letterman actually writes jokes.
3: Oh, yeah. I would would hand in the top ten to him, and uh, he would write these comments on them, and they were sometimes arrogant or dismissive, but they were invariably constructive and helpful. So he does have that hands-on thing of... uh, of being able to break down a joke, make it funnier. I mean, I, I wrote a top ten for him that he changed and made it immeasurably better. Yep, and uh, he does have that knack for what's funny, I think. And it, it also helps that his writers are probably New York based. They're, like you, you say that when everything happens in world politics or anything, they go to Letterman and Leno. And if you look at it. Letterman's jokes are usually one or two lines. If it's more than two lines, it better be the funniest joke in the world. Whereas Leno has this huge drawn-out thing. And the, mm. the more it's drawn out, the better the punchline better be, because you're wasting our time here. So, in that essence, he's just got that precision comedy right down and nailing an idea in a sentence.
0: Mm. Was there a fear a, a in the offices at how popular... Uh, the John Stewart show is is getting
3: no because John Stewart and Letterman are really good friends and you could see at uh, at the Emmys was it I don't know I forget yeah it was the yeah. Emmys when when John Stewart praised Letterman and then naturally John Stewart was the guest on the show you know a week or two after that so there is a huge mutual admiration um, John John Stewart despite the hype and everything doesn't rate that. You know, it's well, it's, mi-
0: it's it's it's
3: cable. Yeah, it's cable. So it's not it's not Letterman. It's not. I think sometimes I don't, this is my personal opinion. John Stewart falls into the trap of making a point rather than trying to be funny, whereas he'll sacrifice the gag to be. Insightful. Yep.
1: The interesting thing about uh, John Stewart is that uh, the, the young demographic, the kind of up to 25-year-olds, are actually taking The Daily Show as a serious news source.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, that, I think that's always been the case. You get your news from the late-night comedians, and there's a lot of responsibility with them. So when you see Australian satire reduced to, well, doesn't John Howard have big eyebrows? <laughs> <laughs> Because
0: he does. Yeah, he does. Let's face That's it. Hilarious. Oh my god, it's
3: all you need. So when you when when political discourse is reduced to that, it's kind of I feel like letting the team down. Like people are watching, and not that you you want to be an educator, but you want to be a little bit more biting and satirical than pointing out that Amanda Vanstone's fucking huge. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> yeah.
0: So so the the things that you'd learnt over there. You know, above the Ed Sullivan Theater. Yeah, you've brought them back to to Melbourne. How are you going to put them in place here?
3: I don't know. I'm on the uh, writing before I left, and comparing it to now, I'm I must be writing twice as twice as much, and uh, I've, I think it's so intensive over there, like the ten eleven hour days. I've honed what's funny. I don't know how to apply it. There's not really much going on in Australia at the moment. My Ideally, I'd like to write for the Glass House because that's that's my thing. I'm, I'm going. I'll be interning there later this later this year. Soon, I would. But the idea is that I ruined my dad's retirement and murdered his superannuation so that I wouldn't have to work for free again.
0: Yep. So uh, we'll see and what then, happens. And now he's got to send you to Sydney.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Right, yep. Exactly. Thank you, Dad. And uh, yeah, I hope you're happy with the chipwood casket. <laughs> so, in that respect, it's yeah. I I I mean, I'm at the ABC. I'm doing stuff for the Einstein Factor, and that's that's great. But I I'm looking for more work, and I'll I'll keep up the stand up. Uh, I've got stuff to offer. I can they some writers suggested I go to. Uh, go to L.A. because there's so many opportunities and because the the writing internship is valued so highly that you can get a job in L.A. And I thought, well, if I can get a job in L.A., I can definitely get a job in Australia. And it's yet to be seen whether <laughs> that's the case.
2: Can I just ask, is the Einstein factor coming back this year, definitely? It is. It, it is, definitely. Oh, no, We're in...
3: Uh, yeah, are you going to enter? What would be your No, pe- no,
2: no. I'm just going to say, oh, well, I, I don't know. what. You
0: guys should do
3: it. Probably Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, I was going to say, though, um, rumour has it Peter Burner's possibly taking over Millionaire.
3: Yeah, that was, that was oh. spoken about, although I think it was shot down. Yeah. It, it was shot down, but it was an interesting choice. My, my guess would be Ray Martin. What do you fellas think?
1: Uh, you know, I've, I've got th- a list of like
2: eight names. I think, that, yeah. uh, that are- I think Jamie Durie.
3: Is that a fact?
2: I think so Oh, that's
0: fantastic He's on the shortest odds Mm. I'd like to see (laughs) Gianna Vent Oh, wow In the chair Sexy Because she has The pauses
3: As if the show didn't go for long enough (laughs) Yeah (laughs) Oh my god You can just see the director Like a pause will go for so long And they'll just be Well, uh, there must be an ad break (laughs) (laughs) In question And uh, Jamie Jury, that'll be awesome. I mean, you yeah. can win a million dollars out and get your house restumped. So why well, everyone's all new with that?
2: I think uh, I think Richard Wilkins is blown his chance. Yeah,
3: with
0: keynotes. So
3: oh, what was he thinking? Mm. Yeah, I mm. think
0: I think he blew his chance when he had that
3: mullet. <laughs> that, that was that was it. Yeah, that was it for Dickie. It all started when he got a dog named His Chance. That was the problem. I mean... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. On that note.
0: Yeah. Thank <laughs> you.
3: Thanks so much for, for coming in and mm, uh, yes. and
0: telling us about the the wonders. Of uh, writing for television. in Oh New York. yeah,
3: absolutely, and uh, yeah, I hope it's been uh, at least. Well, I hope I haven't bored you. No, it's been great. No,
2: if you when you do the thing on the uh, Glass
0: House, mm-hmm. come back and tell us about that.
3: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, we'll do a compare and contrast.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Discuss.
0: <laughs> Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you. See ya.
3: Cut! That's the worst coma acting I've ever seen. Is it my imagination or is TV getting worse? Uh, this showing ain't no good. That was so terrible. I think you gave me cancer. Look out, Smithers. <laughs> I love this show.
0: God. I think my favourite part of that intro is it's got to be Calculon yeah. saying that was so terrible. I think he gave me cancer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Calculon's one of the greatest characters ever. Yeah,
2: and he's it, at that point he's doing like an uh, what's uh, he in? It's uh, he's an actor uh, from All My Circuits on Futurama, and uh, he's doing an audition for Bender. And Fry and Leela are outside the door cheering for Bender. And so he says that was so bad. I think it gave me cancer. On the other hand, the audience loved you. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> He's great. So crap yes. TV. Crap this TV. Week. This week, crap TV goes to the cricket. I thought it was timely now that the cricket's over <laughs> to get stuck to get stuck into uh, into the crap TV that is the cricket. I've got a few a few different bits of crap TV to do with the cricket. Mm-hmm. One old and three new. All crap right. Dads. The first no, well, kind of. <laughs> the first old one is that every year they show news and a current affair in the tea break between between yeah, know, yeah between but, the innings in a
0: in a day night match yeah. yeah.
2: Now the tea break only goes for half an hour, forty five minutes. But Channel Nine hasn't seemed to manage to work out that today tonight and the new uh, sorry and the news and a current affair actually goes for an hour.
0: Oh, they do. Yes, they do. They they do, do,
2: they do. So you invariably miss 15, 20 minutes of the cricket. Now, this wouldn't be so much of a problem, but when Australia's batting first and Australia has the world's premier batsman batting first, it gets very frustrating when you come back from a current affair, which really doesn't need to be on at all, and Adam Grylchrist is already, you know, in the 60s after, you know, like 10 overs. Yeah, yeah, they're they're none for 90 after 10 overs. And the match is essentially over. Anyway, so that's been pissing me off for a while. But uh, Channel Nine have done a few more things to piss me off recently. The first one is they've started showing ads between the balls. What?
0: They don't have balls. <laughs> oh, between between. Uh, sorry, at the cricket. At the cricket. Right. <laughs> like sorry, actually just...
1: switching from live image to a
2: proper ad. Yeah, except they're pretending it's not a proper ad because they're showing like a mock. Uh, they're showing footage of a scoreboard from a game of cricket. Not the scoreboard at the game of cricket that we're watching. Oh my God. The scoreboard from the MCG 10 years ago. <laughs> and pretending that they're still at the cricket. And just having a very quick ad for, you know, clever, you won't believe your eyes. Or,
0: you know, that really? sort of thing. Yeah. So, hang on. This is during a moment when we could be watching the field being set up. The or- field being set up. You could
2: watch uh, Brett Lee walking back to his mark, getting ready to bowl. You could watch replays. But, yeah, Channel 9 are uh, chapelling a few more ads in there. Right. Uh, another uh, another way they've thought of, which is just brilliant for inserting ads, they're doing shots of the crowd, and you know signs are always very popular at the at the crowd, and they, they're often showing the signs. Now they've got people holding up mocked up Channel Nine signs saying "McLeod's Daughters seven thirty Wednesday
0: nights." No. Yeah. Is, is this part of their panic station strategy?
2: I I really I have no idea.
0: I mean, oh. there are ads
2: between the overs. There's ads on the boards all around the ground. There's ads on the graphics. There's ads on the little crawls that come across the screen.
0: Enough ads already are, in the cricket. There are ads on the back of the bats now. There are ads on the wickets. Exactly. Enough ads. It's And I noticed for the first time that the umpires are sponsored by Emirates. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Oh, well, I guess they had to get in on that somehow. F- the final thing that
2: uh, that they did with the cricket, which really kind of... Got on my nerves. Channel 9 have decided not to show the upcoming series against South Africa, which I guess is their right. They're getting absolutely caned in the ratings anyway. A series of one days. One day and test. Mm-hmm. They're not showing any of them. It would probably not be very sensible with their ratings, especially in their precarious position. That's fine. They choose not to show it. That's fine. The constant ads during the cricket spruiking Foxtel's coverage... Really? Yeah. Just isn't on. That's I, just... I, I can accept that they're not showing it, but they don't have to constantly tell us, oh,
0: well, we're not actually going to show it. But you can catch every ball on Foxtel. Right. So here is it. Here's your nose. And they're yeah. just saying, give it a bit of a rub. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. But even worse than that, they had an
2: exclusive interview the other day with the guy from Betfair. I heard about
0: this. This was
2: this was a 10 or during 15... The during the cricket. This was a 10 or 15 in minute interview with Tony Gregg, with the guy, while the cricket was going on. Just talking about how good Betfair is and... Uh, now, and we, we mentioned this earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. Betfair are owned by... In Australia, they're largely funded by PBL, who, who also, own also own... Channel 9.
0: Right. And this was on... Channel 9. Right. And here I am... <laughs>
2: Here I am thinking that you know uh, this was some grubby little money-making gambling scheme. I didn't, I didn't actually realise that Betfair is the saviour of and will be of huge benefit to all levels of cricket throughout Australia. Oh really? How's that? Oh, I I wasn't listening. <laughs> oh, because you can. Two percent. Two percent of the of them are going back into the sports or something, and that... you can pay the players to get information about the pitches. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's. Uh... So this was yeah this was a particularly bad bit of cross promotion I feel. Um yeah I I don't know. I I just don't buy it even though we're not in that segment. So <laughs> No but I, you know that's, that's it was it was
0: terrible behavior. Particularly
2: shit propaganda and to have Channel 9 kind of spruking it as in oh we've got this exclusive now with the head of Betfair and then trying to pass it off as if you know it was some boon for cricket rather than yeah just gambling. Oh, don't I get me started thought. on boon. <laughs> Don't get me started. Just it's, quickly, I wanted to say: uh, Did either of you guys, speaking of crap TV, did either of you guys happen to catch Bert on Family
0: Feud? Yes, yes, I did. Mm. Yes, I did. With was the, it good? Uh, I missed it. No, really? Yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen it. No. It was. Uh, really, oh, I don't but, want to say train crash, but the uh, <laughs> really, it's it's like uh, Bert's been paid a lot of money to come to Channel Nine. How much? I I don't know. Half a but million. Th- let's reportedly. Say, right? A so, week. he's been so paid... <laughs> I think a year. He's been paid a lot of money to come to Channel 9, and I think he just goes, right, well, they've invested too much in me to sack me. I just don't care anymore. Because <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, stuff's coming out of his mouth. You're not really sure why that's happened. There's no... It's supposed to be... Like, he used to do all double entendres and, and stuff and, mm-hmm. and be hilarious like that. Now it's just, you know... Smart. Yeah, it really is. Well, and
2: first night he, he called one of the teams... Uh, a bunch of poofs. A bunch of poofs.
0: <laughs> and followed that up with,
2: you know... Oh, ugly and gay to one of them individually.
0: Yeah, and their, their name was the, was the Dix family, D-I-X. And, uh, and he threw to them and said, Now, over to the Cox family. I mean, Dix family. Yeah, hysterical. It's hilarious, Bert. Apparently, uh,
2: though, this isn't that different to what he was doing on his Today show. Or his morning show, whatever it was, Good Morning Australia.
0: Well, you know, five years ago, mm-hmm. I would have said, no, definitely not. The stuff that he was doing on uh, on Good Morning Australia was uh, was a, a lot lower key. Mm-hmm. But uh, now, yeah, I'd have to say it's, it's pretty much the same.
1: Okay. Well, it was really? interesting. The, the GMA that I'd seen in the last couple of years, he would never actually kind of say anything specific like that. And it's a little bit dodgy for 5.30. Um, it's but, a little bit dodgy. But, but GMA was definitely kind of, because it was unsaid, it was funnier. Mm. Mm. Whereas, you know, he's a good sideman. And that was always always his talent, his yeah. skill. Don Lane, Graham Kennedy. Yeah. yeah. Was, he wasn't the primary funny guy.
2: Yeah. Well, it's, uh, and, it's interesting. And a little
1: bit with GMA as well, like Belvedere and, and kind of working, working off somebody rather yeah. than being... Yeah.
0: Yeah. But let's you know let's let's talk about the important things here. Yeah, Channel Nine got Bert Newton, put him on Family Feud to do what specifically? To
2: raise the ratings, which it's looking like he didn't do. Uh, first night, he they they had six thousand uh, sorry six hundred and seventy eight thousand, uh, but Deal or No Deal had eight
0: hundred and
1: twenty thousand. Eight thirty nine, I got. Oh, okay, that's Australia wide. That's Australia-wide, yeah. Uh,
0: just in a Melbourne versus Sydney uh, fight... Mm-hmm. Uh, because Bert's from here.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Melbourne uh, Melbourne beat Deal or No Deal uh, by 23,000. Oh, okay. Uh, and Sydney, it beat uh, Deal or No Deal by 13,000.
1: Okay. Interestingly, which, which though... Which, for a start, you would have expected it to be bigger. Sorry, Bert. Interestingly, though, Tens Early News beat both of them. <laughs> Far and away, like two hundred two hundred and twenty thousand, yeah. nationally, yeah, which is just over a Family Feud, which is just
0: frightening.
2: <laughs> and then, uh, and then on Wednesday night, because uh, Bert missed out for the cricket, but Bert nationally dropped one hundred and fifty thousand viewers between uh, between the Monday and the Wednesday, right. So uh, obviously, that's not um, that's
0: not working for them at all. I did I did say a, a while back that it was just going to be Family Feud. No one believed me. No one. <laughs> it's just... It it's is not, just family it's feud. It's not just family feud. It's Bert's family feud. Speaking of... Uh, sorry, going back to, to Channel 9 and what they've done with the cricket. Yes. And how they're trying to get ads in everywhere it's possible. Are they going to try to chapelle any into Carrie's uh, coffin when uh, tonight <laughs> they air the state funeral for <laughs> Kerry Packer without any ads? Or so it would seem. Is it the funeral tonight? It's funeral's, not tomorrow. Funeral. Oh, the funeral's tomorrow. Oh, funeral's tomorrow, sorry. Tonight's just a tribute. Tonight's the tribute, The Extraordinary Life of Kerry Packer, which He's is also... by his
1: very, 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 very good friend, Rusty Crow.
0: <laughs> yes. And uh, uh, it's uh, it, it's going to be uh, commercial-free. It's going to be shellacked by Lost. Well, yeah. Lost's
2: going to kill it. What are, what are they doing on Thursday nights? And then the week after... They're apparently going back to midsummer murders. No. Yeah, up against Lost. Now, is this a smart programming move? In that they they figure, well, we've we've gonna, you know, we'll get the uh, Blue rinse set because they're not interested in Lost, or or if they just given up on Thursday nights.
0: <coughs> Panic stations, panic oh, stations. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's that's what's happening in, at the moment in Channel Nine. People yeah. running around
1: as though their hair's on fire, <laughs> screaming. <laughs> and that was before they realised uh, Eddie was in charge. And there was some good news though. Uh, Millionaire won the time slot uh, with viewers older than fifty-five, <laughs> which justifies Nine's new nickname in the industry as the Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Just uh, quickly, another ratings news, Uh, The Biggest Loser, apparently rating very well Mm -hmm. 7 o'clock. Actually, Mm -hmm. a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Had a big... uh, A good show, or better better ratings. Better show show than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, had a huge write-up in the Green Guide this week. Warnocky loved it, which was a bit of a surprise. Because he doesn't even watch telly. (laughs) Uh, Prison Break and House are almost level. (gasps) Almost about... Yeah, almost one point five million each.
0: What's going to happen when they do the crossover episodes? <laughs> <laughs> and I can't uh, treat this man; as, <laughs> he's a fugitive. Oh no, sorry, that was last week on House. They already did that. And I
2: just uh, just want to ask you guys quickly: Has Seven missed the boat with Commander in Chief?
1: Commander in what now? Coming on in on the twenty seventh of Feb <laughs> after Desperate Housewives. This is the problem. Which this is the problem with the delay between when it's on
2: in the States and when it's on here word has already well and truly filtered back here that it's a stinker and that it's being taken off air until April to be retooled yeah they uh, so surely like their big promotion of it and whatever
0: they should have put it on earlier yeah they, they really have missed their but, boat mm, hmm,
1: interesting.
0: survey says
1: <laughs> not on your nelly
0: <laughs> and it's crap TV for this week mm.
1: Box Cutters.
0: Coming up on Box Cutters, uh, we're going to be talking about why I've changed my mind about Lost. We'll go through some quotes, and next we're going to talk about Media Watch. G'day, you're listening to
1: Ed Phillips here from Temptation across the Nine Network, and I am special guest of the Box Cutters. Love the guy's show, love all three of you. God, you're funny. (laughs) never miss a show, and sometimes if I do, they make tapes of it on the internet and then send it to me. Yes, we do. Monday night, ABC. Uh, this week, return to its regularly scheduled programming. Which is uh, Four Corners. Is Australian Story, Four Corners, Media Watch and Denton will be back in August sometime, I think. No, uh, no, no, given no, the amount no, of no, uh, holidays no, no. he has. Is he no, week no, coming no. back? No. This week? Next, Next week. Oh. Ah, okay. He's coming back with a special... I
2: can't remember who it is. Somebody... I'm exciting. My I'm so looking forward Have to... Have a look in to, your green uh,
1: guide. Uh, uh, having a bit of a spray on Danton.
0: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Media Watch. Uh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't even want to know what you meant by
0: that, Brett. <laughs> Media Watch returns. Media Watch
1: is back, and I had heard nothing about freaking Liz Jackson not renewing a contract.
4: It's, she only did it for a year. She was hard, only
1: on a year contract. It's a hard game. She's gone yeah. back to Four Corners. But, you know, Stuart Littlemore did it for, for years, like... like but
0: the thing is, Stuart Littlemore didn't have to... I kind of remember when I was
1: five years old, Stuart Littlemore was doing Media Watch.
0: He didn't have to... Uh, firstly, I don't think that's necessarily accurate. Yeah, Secondly, yeah, uh, no. he didn't have to work as a journalist when he got out of doing Media Watch. So, he could seriously criticise the media with, uh, without fear of favour.
1: Because afterwards, he would just go back to being a QC. Yeah, but if Lewis was just going back to Four Corners, that's not being affected by her Of course,
0: because she still has to go and work with the people who she's, uh, you know, possibly denigrated throughout the year. I think it's a a really difficult job for a journalist and I don't see why the ABC keeps putting journalists in that position. Maybe somebody like... Because they know what they're talking about. Well, what about somebody like Stuart Littlemore who was a journalist back in the day and has since changed careers and no longer relies on the journalism dollar? You know who I heard for next year? Agro. Excellent. <laughs> See, Agro would be
1: perfect. Go on, but I mean, I'm just thinking through your point. David Marr, journalist. David Marr was, was very effective, and he did it for how many two years? two years? Was it only two years? Who did... was before David Marr? Uh,
0: there I don't, was uh, don't oh, don't think that particular. guy, that guy who did the four corners story on Alan Bond. I could never remember his name. Ah, oh, who who went to um, a current affair with Ray
1: Martin? Yeah, and also
0: yeah. did a, a Channel Seven uh, yeah. show for for a short amount of time. He did it, and then it was Stuart Littlemore bef- before that. And it's only I, I think you know it worked best with Stuart Littlemore because he he didn't have that problem of having to go back and work with the people that I didn't think David Marr had that problem. Uh, he he
1: went back to the Sydney Morning Herald. Yeah, he he yeah. went he went back to the Sydney Morning Herald every the, year. The the uh, the you know he's on hiatus. Then, yeah.
0: Mm. Which for me way. isn't enough of a of a disclaimer, you know. And uh, <laughs> I've uh, I've had friends I've had friends I've had arguments with our friend James Talia about this a number of times <laughs> uh, over whether or not uh, that is enough of a disclaimer. I mean, the thing is, there is always going to be that problem, and it's going to happen now with who uh, uh, Monica Atard,
2: Monica Atard,
0: who viewers will know from uh, Radio National, Radio National, Triple J,
2: Triple J.
1: Uh, yeah, she's a, a radio journal.
2: Uh 7.30 Report, too. I think she's done some... Possibly. Possibly.
1: Anyway, But anyway, Media Watch, I reckon, is one of the best things on TV. Mm-hmm. Historically. <laughs> I don't think I can go back. I don't think I can watch it anymore because Monica Atard is horrid. Well, I,
0: Liz Jackson, when she started, she wasn't so Yeah, nobody,
2: nobody really liked her at the start.
0: So, you know. No, I did. I did from the, the
1: very oh, really? outset. yep Okay. Okay.
0: Yep. I, I, I quite liked her, too, but uh, generally,
1: I think people didn't. And also, uh, part of the content uh, was talking about uh, names being available on police warrants, uh, and and Channel Ten showing uh, witnesses and blah blah blah, and and she gave this this little freaking insert about about it being like like expected that we should be giving up the whole the whole terror thing. Anyway, that's not well worded. <laughs> but sorry, I don't think I can go back. All right, well, um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. Next I'll have week a look again in a couple of weeks. She, uh, uh, but yeah. I think you've got to give her a few weeks just to get settled into the chair. Even that diastema—that's enough not to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stand it. I would—I uh, would move on, but the computer's locked up. Shh, there box, gutters. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, box, box cutters and box cutters.
0: Uh, we're, uh, <laughs> just, this is going to be very, very quick. Why I've changed my mind about Lost. sure ah, you've come back. A friend during the week. You've been one of the others for a few weeks. You've given up <laughs> a crack. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I, uh, I was one of the
2: others and now I'm back. What well, didn't you like ask, about episode three? Yeah, I wanted to ask, Brett, did you like episode three? Yeah. it was. Now, was episode three... Episode three is the one called Orientation. <laughs> it's on tonight. It's on tonight, so... If you're listening to this and you early and you want to watch it or you've taped it, don't Skip listen forward, for a wait few five minutes. minutes.
0: Is is it the one, where, <laughs> it's the one they, with the film. where they walk is it the one where they walk through the tunnel and uh, and Saeed says something about the other side of the tunnel?
1: No, there's no tunnel. Why oh my god, you're no, spoiling he, it for <laughs> me.
0: No, they're still in the pit with the st- others. They're still in the pit. Yeah. And and mm. the
1: chick went down and she said she was on the plane and, and trick Sawyer out of the gun.
0: Right, Said isn't in that bit though oh, that shit. I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. I know
2: I know the bit you've been, I'm not actually quite sure. Okay, because that's because
0: that's the bit I think it might be episode four. That's the bit that I'm talking about. Anyway, that's completely off topic because I'm back on board. And I'm back on board because I bumped into my friend Adam during the week and he said, well, there have been clues throughout this series of stuff that you wouldn't even notice, mm-hmm. stuff like when Walt appears to Shannon in episode one yep. of season wet. two, yep. yeah, uh, dripping wet, mm-hmm. and he whispers something to her, mm-hmm. but it's all kind of backwardsy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, this is what it sounds like backwards, or this is what it sounds like when you watch as the it, show as it was broadcast. As it was broadcast. Okay.
4: Walt. What are you doing here? I have some
0: no, Shannon. Okay, so so that's that's Walt whispering to Shannon. That I have to say, that was one of the best
2: bits of the opening episode. It's that was chilling. Chill-
0: Even listening to that gives me chills. It's quite creepy, isn't it? Yeah, quite creepy. Well, uh, I found out that uh, he actually says something very important when you play it forwards, oh, backwards, whatever. <laughs> Let's have a listen. <laughs> Press the button no button's bad. Press the button don't buttons bad. Ah
2: interesting. That's what he's saying. Interesting. And it was for those who don't remember, it was Walt who just towards the end of series one went up to lock without with no knowledge of the hatch and said don't open the hatch. Or something to yes
1: was, was to that effect. It was also Walt that was reading the comic book with the polar bear. The polar yes. bear in it. it was, and uh, it was also Walt that suddenly given, turned up on the island, who was yeah. given a polar bear by his father,
0: yes. as a present. And there was some
2: suggestion in the Walt flashback episode that he does have some kind of psychokinetic powers. But yes,
0: that has just been left alone. But there's also episode two of of hmm uh, where Sawyer and... Episode 2 of the new... Of, of, of Series 2, mm-hmm. where uh, Sawyer and Walt's dad... Mm-hmm. So, Episode 2 is forgiven in both your minds for rehashing a little of what we saw in Episode 1? Only for this one bit. When they're, when they're in the water and the shark swims past, yeah. there is a tattoo on the shark's tail. That tattoo is the symbol of everything that we see inside the hatch. Really, it is on for one frame and only one frame. So that's really? one twenty-fourth of a second. Took me a long time to pause it on that very specific part. So the and shark's yes, tail has
2: the Dharma initiative,
0: or symbol. Is symbol, that? yes, has the round symbol ah. of the Dharma initiative. There, ah. uh, there are other things that we mentioned about the about the polar bears. All of these things uh have, uh, have brought me back And now my interest in Lost uh, has, has come back Good to hear, good to hear Brett, did you actually like the Orientation
1: film? Um, I'm just trying to think back on it um, Yeah? Yeah? No, you're kind of sounding mm. a little hesitant I...
2: I as I, 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 didn't, I stated didn't... on the record before I think that's one of the finest bits of television that I've seen Really? Yeah, I just thought it was awesome why? I, I can't put my finger on it. And it's on tonight or a few nights ago. A few you have or... listening to this. But, was... but if you agree with me, send an email to hooray at net. I'm interested to see if other people like the film. So if you're a fan of Lost,
1: give us a. I might send have us to a have one. a review of it. But no, it didn't, it didn't stick in my mind. You, um, you will have a review of it as you go through. Coming up episodes, yeah you
0: you'll see you'll see it you'll see some more of it. Uh, we've uh, just got uh, some time for some quick quotes. We really we need a I was going to come. at least. That's very
1: hot. We might have to fix it up.
0: Last week, sorry, well Sandra Sully is hosting that terrible show Australia's Brainiest Insert Whatever here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, it was uh, Australia's brainiest TV stars. Ah. And, uh, you know, brainiest, well, that's uh, that, that's subjective. But, uh, and worlds, well, or Australia's, whatever. The thing is, this show, I don't know who's written her links. It's just absolutely terrible. She's trying to be uh, kind of interesting and funny and do puns on the fact that they're stars... But she just doesn't know how to sell a joke. It's it's really, really, really terrible. I've uh, I've I've uh, you know very badly edited together some of the uh, uh, some of the the links that she does in the show. This will give you an example of what I'm talking about.
4: So six of our stars have been renewed for a second series. Join us after the break as we see which one of them can manipulate the figures to stay on top. Back soon. <laughs> Back to Australia's brainiest TV star. We have six TV stars left, but which of them is Dr. Phil and which is Homer Simpson? In round so the black hole is coming to swallow three more of our stars. Some will collapse and some will blaze like supernovas. Who will dazzle us after the break? Stay with us. Halfway through round two, and remember in this round, our six survivors need to give the exact answer to score. This is high-definition television, after all. Tonight's drama has been a rollicking adventure with plot twists that have made us laugh and cry. I've given it nine stars, but that's about to be cut down to three. So, stay tuned.
0: I really edited that, that together very poorly. I think, it, says, I think it, would, it had you kind of in a trance. It was so it, bad.
4: It, it's terrible. But Absolutely
0: terrible. Not that, Okay, I mean, that, that uh, I gave it nine stars, but that's been cut down to three. Sure, that's bad. My least favourite, though, was they've been swallowed by a black hole. (laughs) Stars don't get swallowed by black holes. It's part of the whole star collapsing process that, you know, just shut up. Shut up. (laughs) What's wrong with, we'll be back after this? It had saved so much time. So much time. She sounded like
1: that trollop from Big Brother. What's her name? Um, Uh, Blair. Uh, you know uh, the Blair, <laughs> the oh, like which Blair, year? like Blair from Big Brother. No, 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 no the, the host chick. Oh, oh, oh Gretel, Gretel Colleen. Gretel Colleen. Oh no,
0: Gretel's a lot more natural than that. Yeah, she really sounded like uh, you know Sandra Sulytron in the Three Thousand.
2: <laughs> and I'm sure that she always uh, did. Though Gretel would kind of turn around and go, "Oh, that's terrible." <laughs> yeah, in the middle of the in the middle of the show. Yeah, which,
0: uh, Gretel would give it a bit of who wrote this. She's a, she's an odd choice though. Sandra, to, to do a show like that, don't you think? Well, they really want to hold on to her, so they're going to give her as much work as possible. Yeah, but, I mean, she's a newsreader. Can can she really cross over? Uh, Eddie Maguire is a sports journalist.
2: Yeah, but Eddie Maguire is Eddie Maguire. I just, I just don't think she's terribly good. Uh,
0: no, neither do I. Neither do I. But...
2: She, she was, I don't know if either of you guys saw the new Rove. I saw uh, a couple of minutes at the start flicking around with the cricket she was doing a bit of a she she had a little bit of the comedy sketch uh at the start right um yeah where she was acting you know like she'd just
0: woken up from a dream and she was she was terrible at that too so yeah i i really i have no idea you've got to remember this is the network that just can't keep a game show it is the network that had green greed with Carrie uh, Ann Kennelly. It's, you know, they just don't know what to do with a game show. And this is just a
1: you know, further example of that. I don't see Sandra Sully a million miles away from Carrie Ann Kennelly. Uh,
0: n- no, I, Sandra Sully is slightly more watchable in uh, in my view. Because she's, she's 10 years behind? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Mm. Pretty much. You know, I, I think after 10 years of, of too much exposure... Uh, Sandra Sally's also just going to be terrible Absolutely terrible And uh, that brings us to the end Of Box Cutters For another week uh, Sorry, did you have something else queued up,
1: Brent? I did have something else queued up But uh, as you were looking away from me And just writing without even looking at it And I was marvelling at your Dexterity on the paper there
0: It, it says play also, theme also but also just... my, my
1: vision across the desk To be able to actually pick what you were writing <laughs> I was going yeah, to show it to you. I'm impressed by both of us.
0: Uh, thank you so much. to. If you've uh, been impressed by both of us send, us, send us an email at
1: hooray at boxcutters.net. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: this has been Boxcutters episode 22. I want to say thank you very much to Daniel Burt for coming in. Yeah, he was great. Uh, very interesting. Yeah, that's a, a really good interview. Uh, also, thanks very much to Alex at Channel 7 for uh, not actually putting me through the departments I want to speak to. And thanks to 3RRR, whose studios we use for recording Boxcutters. You can catch us on the net at boxcutters.net and uh, log in and register to be part of our online discussion forums. Yes, indeed. Uh, So we'll have all of this and more next week. In the meantime, I'm Josh Kinnall. Not Josh Carnell. Josh Kinnall.
1: Ross McQueen. And I continue to be Brett Cropley. Until next week... You can catch the same bat time, same bat channel. That was terrible. (laughs) Hey, let's be careful out there. I gotta get more sleep.